Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Forward Maryland. Today is Sunday, June 16th, 2019. And before I start on the two topics of today, I would like to wish everybody out there a happy and joyous Father's Day. I hope that uh, you celebrate with uh, those you love, and I certainly hope that uh, we all take a minute to remember the uh, fathers or, uh, you know, simply men in our lives who have mattered uh, a lot to us and uh, think about their contributions to making us the people uh, we are today and ask ourselves if we're measuring up to the expectations that uh, those people would have for us. So three things actually uh, today. Uh, first off, uh, I apologize. Uh, we had planned uh, earlier this week, or I should say now last week, to uh, have a interview with Howard County State's Attorney Rich Gibson. Uh, unfortunately, that did not go as, as planned uh, due to some scheduling conflicts. Uh, the state's attorney was uh, held up in a meeting in Annapolis um, that day uh, that went much longer than expected. So we are currently uh, rescheduling him uh, for another time. Uh, the second topic is uh, I will be very proud and happy to uh, bring to you uh, Howard County Register of Wills, Byron McFarlane, on uh, Wednesday, uh, June 19th. So uh, look for that in, uh, in the near future. Uh, so we're very happy to have the, uh, the Howard County Register of Wills joining us and uh, two upcoming interviews that um, have been scheduled are with Howard County Council Chairperson Christiana Mercer Rigby on July 11th and then with Howard County Board of Education member Jen Mallow on August the 10th. And uh, there are other interviews being scheduled. Uh, there's going to be at least one interview that's going to be going on uh, likely via Skype. Uh, so uh, stay tuned to this space for uh, more, more details. Um, second uh, topic is something I, that's also promotional for this podcast. And... Um, um, I'm going on vacation in about five weeks, and uh, I'm going to be taking the podcast with me. I'm going on vacation to London uh, with a day trip to Paris. So uh, looking forward to bringing the podcast with me. I'm going to be bringing this computer. Um, I now have the capability for portable podcasting with a uh, handheld device. I know that sounds salacious, but it's true. And uh, going to be uh, blogging, or I should say posting a uh, podcast, uh, hopefully more frequently than I'm posting this one, which in itself will be more frequent than its current once or twice a week. So um, wait, you know, look for it the week of July 17th through 24th. Uh, the third and final um uh, topic I have to discuss today. Uh, today's podcast is actually a, uh, a memorial. Uh, so former Speaker of the House of, of Delegates for the state of Maryland, uh, Clay Mitchell from the Eastern Shore, uh, passed last Thursday. 
Uh, it's a very uh, sad day uh, for all my uh, hearts and my heart and my prayers go out to the Mitchell family at this time. Uh, Clay Mitchell was a good man. Um, you know, we had a regular correspondence on social media um, up until, you know, very recently to his passing. And by very recent, I mean days, not, not weeks or months. And, um, you know, what's somber about this, especially, and a little bit sobering, is that, uh, you know, it's for me, um, and for, I think, the political discourse in this uh, state and nation, um, you know, we're, we're, we have a breed that's dying. And the breed that's dying are the old school, um, moderate to some would say even conservative Democrats who, um, you know, who could work with both sides and who could see the logic and the reality and the validity of opinions on both sides of the aisle and who could actually work to get deals done. You know, not that long ago, we lost uh, former Governor Harry Hughes here in Maryland, who is very much that person. Uh, and now Clay Mitchell, who, again, is, has been very much that person. Uh, and we lose more people like that um, to elections and uh, to redistricting. Um, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it truly is a passing of the guard, quite literally, uh, a change in the time to a more polarized um, way of operation, you know, a po more polarized MO in our politics. Um, or is it? Or is it? Um, because when you look at the results of the 2018 congressional elections, um, there were Democratic defeats of Republican House members in many a uh, moderate to conservative district. Uh, the same could be said of uh, Maryland. Um, you know, I, I hold in case in point, uh, Delegate Heather Bagnall from Anne Arundel County, who, after uh, all the votes were counted, upset Tony McConkie, who is one of the most Republican and most virulently uh, Republican members of the General Assembly. Um, you know, I'm thinking about Sarah Elfrith, the new uh, senator from uh, from Mike from Mike Bush's old district, and the fact that that uh, that uh, district is uh, Democratic. Uh, and and you know, I I think that there is a there's a little bit of a of a new wave of moderate Democrat emerging. Um, I think they're they are coming. I think they are less vocal uh, than the AOCs of the world. Uh, but I think that, you know, they're out there. And, you know, while, uh, you know, while one generation of uh, Democrat is going away and while another one is, uh, it is very prominent right now, um, you know, I think there's a generation behind those people or, at least I should say maybe soon to uh, rival uh, the more uh, wing. I think they're there.
where do they sit amongst, say, the the Democratic presidential candidates? Um, I would say maybe a Seth Moulton uh, would be somebody who would fit that mold. Um, you know, I think possibly a Pete Buttigieg uh, could be somebody who fits that mold. Um, you know, possibly Beto O'Rourke. Um, you know, I, I think that they're there. Uh, now, you know, I, I mentioned three Democratic candidates uh, who are kind of perceived as being all over the spectrum of the field. And I'm not going to back away from my belief that these people, you know, represent these candidates represent that next generation. Um, because the next generation, you know, the three candidates I mentioned, um, you know, by and large, you know, the, the new uh, elected officials, state and local, um, they're more focused on solutions and they're more focused on pragmatic solutions that help everybody. And before you start, you know, shaking your head at me, yeah, I know Mayor Pete doesn't have like very detailed policy descriptions on his website. I've been there, uh, but he was a mayor. And part of his selling point as his presidential campaign is his mayorship and that he has found ways to find solutions that help everybody. And the same could be said of how Beto has been a congressperson, you know, forget the jumping up on the table and yelling at Starbucks persona. Uh, you know, that's how he conducted his job. Same thing with Congressman Moulton. Um, you know, you could say that a, a Congressman Swalwell or a Senator Klobuchar could be very much the same way or uh, or uh, Secretary Castro. Um you know, people who find pragmatic solutions, um, you know, and that's not necessarily to say that the more liberal wing of the Democratic Party right now uh, is, uh, you know, isn't pragmatic. But, for example, I would like to see Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez come out with some detailed policies. I'd like to see her come out with some ideas about how she intends to pay for a lot of the things that uh, she wants to do. Uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi's not ready to give up that speaker seat just yet. Uh, she kind of demonstrates her capability for that every day. And before AOC takes it over, AOC's got some learning to do. And, uh, you know, uh, she could either, uh, you know, learn from somebody who knows her job very, very well, or she can just sit there and, you know, in, in all sorts of pike and say, you know, when's the time for impeachment? If not now, when is the time? Uh, the fact of the matter is, it's going to be time when it's time. It's going to be time when it's time. And uh, I think that this is being played very well by the speaker. It will be time when more and more people, uh, when more public opinion, and when more of a majority of this country uh, says we need to go after this fool uh, in the White House. So I know I am speaking much more broadly uh, than, uh, than the original intended topic, which was the death of Speaker Mitchell. But I think what's important is what it represents. Um, you know, personally, he, Speaker Mitchell was the Speaker of the House when I became uh, politically aware and active. 
Uh, he was the uh, Speaker of the House after uh, now uh, Senator Ben Cardin, uh, who at the time had been the youngest Speaker of the House ever elected. And, uh, you know, he was succeeded by Casper Taylor from Allegheny County, who was then succeeded by Mike Bush. So, uh, you know, and now, of course, we have Delegate Jones as the speaker. So uh, certainly a very proud lineage and some very notable Marylanders on either side. Uh, but with, uh, with the loss of Clay Mitchell, um, you know, the Eastern Shore certainly lost a champion and, uh you know, the, the Democratic Party lost a, a elder statesman who, uh, you know, can go back to a simpler time when, when uh, the, the, the uh, business of politics was no less difficult, um, but um, the noise around politics was a lot less. Um, there was much more substance, much less bluster and more focus on getting things done as opposed to getting likes on social media, probably because social media didn't exist in the, in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, that's, that's probably real why. Um, so that's what I have for today. Uh, this is, you know, kind of got on a little bit of a meander, but that's all right. That's what I do. So, uh, again, happy Father's Day. I hope you enjoy. Um, Dad's out there, men of respect. Don't work too hard. All right, my name is Bill Woodcock. This has been Forward Maryland. Have a terrific day. Take care.